0: You're listening to a Mash Those Buttons Limited series. Visit us at mashthosebuttons.com. On this episode, we head back to Meridian, investigate a mysterious light at the spire, and head west to the Daunt. Welcome to episode 35 of Lightkeeper Protocol. Lightkeeper keeper protocol a podcast about our journey through horizon zero dawn and horizon forbidden west i am jared but you can call me ja and i am here with christina also known as pop tart
1: hello uh
0: yes and i'd like to welcome any new listeners as well as any returning listeners uh thank you guys for taking the time to check out like keeper protocol and uh we would love to hear what you have to say about the game and about the show so please join us on our discord at mash.gg slash discord we have channels dedicated to Horizons or Dawn Forbidden West, you know, the Horizon series. So we'd love to have you there. So quick recap. What did we talk about last time? Well, Aloy found a Far Zenith facility that she thought had a backup of Gaia, but it turns out it wasn't. It was actually a logic bomb by Travis Tate. Uh, we also found out that Far Zenith was actually not too concerned with humanity and more concerned with getting themselves off of Earth. And also that they were pretty shitty about making people who they didn't need anymore disappear. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, I I should, you know, we shine some light on Farzina there. And then uh, after that, Aloy and Varl, they headed to Meridian to find Blameless Maraud because now we're looking for silence. Uh, So but before we get into, you know, what we're going to talk about today, which is the point of the Lance, uh, I did want to make two corrections about something I said yesterday. Not yesterday, but in the last show. Uh, One, there are watches in the game. They just they just like late in the game, I guess, depending on how late. You you get to this area. I didn't see a watcher until like fifty hours in. So maybe I just stayed too long in an area.
1: <laughs> maybe <laughs> you know? I would say that's late in the game. I feel like, yeah, like most I, people will deviate enough.
0: Maybe maybe. So like yeah I uh, yeah you doubt there are watchers there. Like I actually the place that they're abundant. I didn't even see them there first. I actually found them in one of the underground. Like so you can go down into the water into those underground caves. And sometimes when you come up, there's like machines uh inside the caves, like stuck there, kinda. Uh and there were like two watchers there. I'm like, wow, why would they put watchers here, not anywhere else? And then when I <laughs> leave the area, I'm like, oh, there's tons of watchers around here. So there it is. Watchers are late game enemies. So which is kind of weird. <laughs> so uh the other thing is that um, I think we talked about like the elemental statuses before. And I said the only thing that uh, drenching an enemy does is make ice and uh, you know shock more powerful, which it does. However, I did not realize that it it remo- it stops enemies from using their elemental damage, and it actually stops you. If you get drenched, you cannot use elemental damage, which I did not realize because I the def- I, I never got drenched before the first time i got drenched and i couldn't use fire and i was like okay that makes sense I'm, I'm drenched and then i went to go use acid i'm like i can't use acid either and then i went back and read the description for drenched i'm like oh okay does it so, yeah.
1: does it not let you use the arrows at all or does it just kind of change them to normal It'll let
0: you- it changes the arrows to normal or worse than normal, actually, because like those da- those arrows don't do a lot of damage right. or impact damage.
1: I feel like I've been drenched before because I pulled out fire arrows and I was like, what happened to the animation? And it could be a bug. There's a <laughs> lot of bugs in this game. Or I could have just been drenched, which that that makes a lot more sense.
0: Yeah, I think you were actually drenched, because that's what I noticed. I, I was shooting the arrows, and it's like barely doing any damage, and they're not catching fire. And I look at the actual arrow, because I don't look at the arrow while I'm firing. I'm looking at the target. Right. And I look at the arrow, I'm like, There's, <laughs> the arrow's not on fire. And I checked to make sure. I, I thought I did not have the proper arrow uh, selected. Yeah, I so did I went the back same yeah, <laughs> I went back and selected it. I was like, oh, I guess I can't shoot it. But I was like, it makes sense. I'm like, that's cool that they thought about that. I'm drenched, so, you know, no fire.
1: No nothing. And then I was like,
0: oh no, acid. No nothing. So, yep. Drenching stops elemental damage. Um, so, all right. So it's time to get started. Let's hear about what happens during the point of the lance. Aloy and Varl arrive at Meridian, where Aloy is immediately recognized as the savior of Meridian. Blameless Maraud makes his way through the crowd, and before Varl is able to tell him what they are looking for. He tells Aloy that he has been looking for her for months. Something has happened at the spire, and they need to go there immediately. Once they arrive at the spire, Arad tells Aloy that briefly for one night, it was glowing red. Those closer to the spire at the time report that the lights started at the bottom of the spire, where Hades' module is, along with Silent's spear. Aloy investigates, and is surprised that she is now able to remove the spear from the module, she uses her focus to analyze it and can see that the spear sent the transmission using the spire. She quickly deduces that she was tricked by Silence into using the spear, which allowed Hades to survive being purged and allowed Hades to be transmitted to Silence afterward. Aloy climbs to the top of the spire to access the transmission node to find out where the transmission went. She discovers the transmission was sent far west. Shortly after that, Silence appears as a hologram. He smugly confirms Aloy's suspicion that he wanted to get Hades, but justifies it by saying he needed to extract information from Hades before purging it. He claims to have information on those who sent the signal to wake Hades, but more importantly, the location of a backup of Gaia. Silence tells Aloy to find him in the Forbidden West so he can share his knowledge. Aloy descends the spire and tells Murad and Varl that she will need to head west. Morad warns that going west is dangerous. A tribe called the Tanakhth ferociously guard their territory and are not kind to trespassers. He also mentions that thanks to Avad's efforts, there may be a way for Aloy to pass through their territory safely. In a few days, the Karja and Tanakh will be holding an embassy in hopes of establishing a lasting peace between the two tribes. If Aloy goes as a member of the embassy, the Tanakh may allow her to travel their lands. As they are speaking, Avad arrives with Nasadi, Itaman, Vanasha, and Uthid. They present Aloy with a new spear and headpiece as a token of their appreciation for her saving Meridian. Aloy takes time to catch up with all of her friends, then attaches the Master Override to her new spear. She asks Marad where the embassy is being held, which he tells her the embassy will be held right outside of Baronlight, a Karja fort at the edge of the Sundom in the Daunt. Aloy says it will be best to rest in Meridian for the night, but what she really wanted was an opportunity to leave Varl behind as he slept. Aloy then journeys west, and eventually makes it to the elevator that will take her into the daunt. But yeah, so let's get into Point of the Lance, which is an interlude. This is a new thing for Horizon Oh, well, Oh, it's not really a new thing, because they did the same thing. In Horizon Zero Dawn, except they didn't call them interludes; they just called them missions. Like you'd have a mission where you would just go and talk, and that's the only, that's the only thing you did in the actual mission. Now these missions are called interludes, and this one's called the Point of the Lance. And Aloy and Varl they arrive in Meridian, and Aloy is immediately recognized as the savior of Meridian. So I know she's loving that. She's not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, and you know, one a woman gives her a bundle of flowers, and she's like, "Oh, bless us, the Savior is returned." she didn't pull, you know, uh, what they she did when they did the Anointed of the Nora thing. But I can understand that she was kind of upset that you know they would shun her, and now they want to worship her to a degree. So yeah, uh, but she's still brooding. She's she's still oh, brooding, yeah. very Batman. She's like, "Varl, you know," because the woman gives her the flowers, and Varl's like, "Oh, you earned this welcome because you saved them." And she's like, I haven't saved them yet.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you know, something like <laughs> not that. Not yet. Yeah, like, not yet. More Batman. It's, this is, I'm telling <laughs> you, this is her Batman arc.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it's very Batman here. So, uh, so Blaine so to right. He shows up soon after they arrive, which, I mean, that makes sense from a lore perspective. He probably had spies, like, see her that she was on the way and, you know, send a message, you know, uh, somehow. Faster than they were riding. <laughs> but, but Let's just roll with that, right?
1: There's a couple of times that happens in this game. I'm like, how How do they know? But yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll just roll with it. It's fine.
0: Well, I mean, it's not even doing it in the last game, too. Like, you know, like I'll send word ahead. Like, yeah, how? Send
1: to who? <laughs> to,
0: to who? Like, you know. Uh, So he actually said he's been looking for her for weeks. He sent spies everywhere and because something happened at the spire. You know, because it's funny too, because like Barr's like Aloy has something really important to talk about, and he's like, So do I. <laughs> you know. Uh so it says something happened at the Spire. And I mean, if you watch the after credits endings of Horizon Zero Dawn, you already know what they're talking about. If you didn't watch the after credit ending, why did you even play the game? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you know, like I don't know a single person who would get to the end of the game and not watch the credit roll. Just to see if something happens after the fact, were you in that much of a rush? Plus, I think if you skip the credits, you still get the scene.
1: Yeah, I skip so. the credits unless it's in for that. Yeah. yeah,
0: no, I I never skip the credits just in case it skips the scene. I never do it.
1: Well, so. then it skipped the, if, it, if it skips the scene. Then it wasn't worth seeing. <laughs>
0: uh, so yeah, his uh, you know, oh, and just for a refresher, you know, Hades escapes at the end in, in that scene, right? You know, Hades escapes. Travels somewhere and then is captured by silence. So that's what happens. So when he tells us that, you know, something happened, to the spire, we kind of already know what he's talking about. But he, you know, he immediately takes Aloy and Varl there. And uh, when they arrive, Marat says, you know, for, you know, one night for less than half a minute, the spire started glowing red. And from Meridian, they thought it was just a reflection of light. So, you know, that's how they explained it to the people of Meridian. because They didn't want anybody freaking out. That oh my god the spire is turning red not again like they don't want uh, that to to really freak people out so he said those who were closer though uh, said it was no way it was a reflection they said that the light came from the tower's base where the Hades module was and the module was still there with Silent Spear in it uh, so now I will say this I, I, me and Christina we definitely. Gave Aloy a lot of trouble for leaving that spear there. But they do explain it a little bit here. I didn't catch it the first time she said it. But I definitely, you know, rewatching my playthrough, I caught it like what she says when she tries to pull the spear out. But um, So, Aloy, she does go head to the module to pull the spear out. And as she's pulling the spear out, she says to herself that she can never pull it out. And then she pulls it out with ease. So, she's like really surprised that she was able to pull the spear out and uh you know like we we were saying that she like you know she just left the spear there she didn't try anything because in this in the cinematic she but didn't she, she just doesn't. left it there
1: because that's the thing i feel like if she did try i feel like we would have seen it she literally like stabbed him and then they walk out and they're like yes it's a brand new day everything's saved and then she's out
0: well she was yeah she looked at the spear and then walked away from it yeah. Uh, but apparently, at some point, she came back to try to get the spear out. She couldn't have tried that much because they had the victory celebration at night and she left that night. Right. So, what she did she do? Tug on the spear and be like, oh, I can't get it. And then just decided, you know. So, she's not completely off the hook for this. No, by the way, yeah, She but, did
1: not try. She did not try hard enough.
0: Yeah. So, uh, yeah, she, she tried to pull it out, but she couldn't. So, she left it there. Uh, but now she has pulled the spear out. She starts to scan it and she pulls up like a history. And the last message that the spear says it says transmission complete, and it shows a replay of Hades being transmitted away, uh, and then after that the spear actually disintegrates. So, at this point, you can you can kind of imagine what's happening here, right? You know, uh, Silence he he gave Aloy his spear like you know that wasn't an act of kindness on his part; it was a trick on his part. Like he he did it on purpose. Uh, It explains how Hades survived being purged because the Master Override was supposed to completely delete Hades. That's kind of like what it does. And uh, it explains how Hades survived being purged, uh, what caused it to wake up or transmit, and then also how Silence was able to catch it. Because, you know, as another thing, I think we talked about the fact that Silence knew exactly where to be. He was in the right place at the right time. He held the little light. It's not a light thing, but it looks like a little lantern. Right. Yeah. And he catches... He catches Hades. It's like, well, how do you know how to do all that? You know, is it another coincidence? No, it wasn't. Like, he, all that was planned. He did it on purpose.
1: I'm so mad that none of us, and even the people, like, that you were talking to that had all of these theories. I feel like this isn't one that we thought of. And I'm like, wow, no. it's so obvious. Like, of course we should be, like, skeptical of anything he gives us. Why exactly. did we not think yeah. of this? Like, it's so obvious that this would be the answer. but like. I not. think it's
0: because, uh partially because toward the end of Horizons Zero Dawn, and if you don't count the frozen wilds, he kind of opened up to tell the truth about what happened between him and the eclipse. You right. know, he kind of opens up a little bit. So it kind of seems like he was changing somewhat to a, to a degree. But no, like well, not even changing, but just I say opening up to Aloy a bit more. But he wasn't, like, it was all part of his plan. But here's the thing like we're gonna go back to her leaving the spear here i'm sorry but she should not have left without that spear or at least the master override which would have required her getting the spear out because the master overrides kind of like toward the tip right so that's why that's why she didn't have the master override whether because the spear stuck in um in the module and the master overrides in there So her primary concern, she could have been like, "I don't care about the spear, but I care about the master override." Her primary concern should have been to get the master override back because she knew at some point she would have to deal with the subordinate functions, and she would need the master override for that. And if she would have gotten the spear out, Silence Plan probably wouldn't have worked. Like it probably would have failed. Like because it's definitely the spear that, like, because the spear transmitted to the spire. Mm -hmm. So without the spear, he. I don't think. I don't think, uh, well, Hades, well, one, Hades wouldn't have survived.
1: No. Yeah.
0: Period. And there's no way to transmit. uh, And if she takes the spear with her and gets it out, there's no way to transmit it to the spire. You know? So this is kind of her fault. Another reason why she really should have tried, as opposed to just jetting the very next day, because that's what she did, because she immediately had to leave and look for a guy backup, right? So of course, yeah. she, she didn't jet the next day she jetted that night <laughs> so night. instead of like leaving that night she should have went she should try to figure out a way to get the, the spear out maybe ask your asaram friends for some help
1: that's what <laughs> i was gonna say all of these like asaram and like all of these people came from all of these places to help and and you're not well that's gonna be an ongoing theme like she just doesn't want she doesn't want help she wants to do everything herself because she's the chosen one
0: yeah exactly like she has that it's up to me i have to do everything you know uh so at this point Aloy she climbs to the top of the spire to access the transmission node uh to hope and she's hoping that she can find where silence is and while she's climbing up she if you didn't catch everything i just said like automatically she says it herself
1: my favorite part though is she's like did he save Hades? Why would he do that? You know why. You know what his yeah. goal is. He just wants knowledge. You know why he did it. Don't don't play this. <laughs>
0: like, exactly. So yeah, she she definitely just spells it out like, oh, he, he he tricked me with the spear. So in case you didn't catch it on your own, you know, in case maybe you thought the spear disintegrated because Hades pushed himself through it or something like that. You know, maybe. Uh but no, she definitely spells it out like what actually happened here. Uh and she finds an elevator and rides it up, and as she rides it up, the spire starts opening up. I'm like, man, this is gonna make the car to freak out. Like, oh no, not again. Like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> having you know flashbacks to six months ago. Uh but uh when Aloy um she uses she gets to the top, she uses the node, and it shows her the direction of the last transmission, which went far west to the forbidden west uh yeah (laughs) so it does go far west and then right after that hollow silence appears
2: well eloy i see you finally figured it out to be honest i'm surprised it took you so long to discover my rules
3: you raped the lads to steal hades
2: how could you be so reckless reckless you're the one who tried to purge Hades before it's precious knowledge could be... ...extracted. The mysterious signal that woke it, for example. Or don't obtain one of those gaia-backups you've been having such a hard time finding?
3: If you knew, why didn't you just tell me?
2: I've been having problems of my own these past six months, Leloy. The difference is... I've made progress. So once your anger at my entirely necessary deception has faded... Why don't you come out here and find me in the Forbidden West? And learn all that I've discovered. Oh, how can I find you heart? Yes. Well, I'll to make it simple enough.
0: Even for you. So, Silon's first appearance here, like, he's like pretty snarky. Mm-hmm. Which I feel is different than how he's presented in Horizon Zero Dawn. He wasn't very snarky. In Horizon Zero Dawn. He was short, mysterious, secretive, and, like, selfish, you know. But he wasn't snarky about it.
1: Yeah, I think he expected more of her. Even though she's still, like, a child. And, like, he's been learning about all of this stuff for, like, two times the age of Aloy, basically. Like, he's, he knows all of this stuff already. So he's expecting yeah. so much of her when she's just like this little baby that knows nothing.
0: I don't know if he's actually expecting that much of her. I mean, she is nineteen, but I don't think he's expecting because he hey, he knows her capacity pretty well at this point.
1: Well, he said he is surprised it took her so long to figure it out.
0: Right, but he wasn't expecting to figure it out right away. He was probably was like, oh, "I'll probably take her three months," but yeah. she was gone. Like she was, she probably wasn't even thinking about that spear. She probably wasn't even thinking about the spirit while she was out. So, you know, like, he he's just, like, very, and this isn't, isn't just this part, and I won't get too deep into, like, your other conversations with him throughout the game, but throughout the game, he's pretty snarky, to her. Like, he talks down to her more. You know, like, the, what he says here, like, uh, you know, he says, you know, the coordinates should make finding him easy, even for Aloy. Like, he wouldn't have said something like that in the last game.
1: Yeah, maybe like, he can say, like maybe ahead, it's the opposite because like in the first game he needed her. He realized I need her. I need to be at least kind of nice to her so she will do the things that I need from her. At this point, he probably really doesn't need her that much. So he's just like, "Hey, stupid girl." <laughs>
0: well, he still needs her. One, he will always need her. Yeah, because she is a clone of Elizabeth Sobek. He will be foolish to just kind of let her go
1: that's you know, true I mean, and and her saving the world is kind of also in his best interest
0: exactly so I think he still needs her you know uh, but like he's just like the way he, his whole t- I shouldn't say his whole tone like his tone has definitely changed in his game his facial expression has changed in his game the way he speaks like generally speaking like he speaks like he has his nose in the air to a yeah. degree it goes with the snarkiness. He didn't talk like that in the last game. Like I said, he was, he was short with you. He only told you what you needed to know. He was very mysterious, and he was pretty selfish. Like, you could say he was mean, right? Mm-hmm. You could say he was mean, but he wasn't a mean girl. You know? <laughs> he was mean, but he wasn't like a mean girl. Now, now he's more like mean girl. It's like, oh, it took you long enough to find out. Mm. You know, <laughs> also, oh, while you have been because, you know, uh, no, we'll talk about this in a second. He says, you know, uh, you, I've had my own. He said, I've had my own problems to deal with. But the difference between you and me is I've made progress. Like, come on, do like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, and so like, they, it feels like they've changed his tone, which kind of make. I mean, they also changed like a to a degree because she's way. Like you mentioned, I think you mentioned Mm -hmm. the last episode, she is colder than she was, you know, like she doesn't, she doesn't want people to talk about her being the savior or the anointed one, but she's acting like it.
1: Right. Yeah. It's up to
0: me, you know,
1: I'm not the savior, but I'm the only one that can save the world.
0: Yeah. So like the tone. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So the tone has definitely changed for these two characters here. Uh, But, you know, in his hollow message. Uh, he does admit that he used her to get access to Hades. You know, he says that the Rue was necessary because she wanted to destroy Hades before extracting his knowledge. And I will say, he has a point. He does have a point because he now he he makes references that he now knows. Uh, he doesn't say directly, but he says, you know, he references that he knows about the signal that woke up Hades, like ha- like who maybe who sent it or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then also he he hints that he knows where a a backup of Gaia is.
1: I get why he wouldn't want to tell her, but at the same time, I kind of feel like, especially Aloy in the last game, how less cold she was versus this one, when he when they had that conversation and they were kind of like cool for a bit, like after you know, if he was like, Listen, we need to know the information from Hades because if we don't get that information, we might not be able to make progress to, like, save the world. I feel like she would have been like, yeah, you know what? That sounds reasonable.
0: I don't know, because I think she would have fought him regardless on capturing Hades, because Gaia said that Hades needed to be destroyed. She,
1: I feel like and- she would have fought him, but I feel like he would have convinced her at the end, because that's kind of what he does.
0: Maybe. I, I don't know if I would say he convinces her. I almost feel like he gives her no choice.
1: That's what I mean. In what to do. <laughs> like, he
0: gives her, like, kind of no choice. Well, he did. This is what he exactly did. He gave her no choice. Yeah, like that's he, true. With, the, with this situation. I mean, because the counterpoint is that Hades was too much of a threat to be kept alive. Because so, silence could have laid out his entire plan, but you do have to remember, like, you know, like you said, like, he knows way more about the technological aspect of this stuff. So he could have explained the whole thing, like, look, I can contain Hades in in my light box here, mm-hmm. you know. And I was like, no, she'll probably be like it's too much of a risk. Gotta save Meridian, you know, because that's another thing. Like, um, well, I guess what they would have had to go through with the fight with Meridian, regardless, because Silence yeah. would have probably tried to avoid it. But yeah, I mean, I don't, I think she would have fought him on it, you know. And and that would have been because she did fight him to like fight him to a degree about going into the frozen Wilds, because he was telling her like, don't go up there. You know, you turn around, and she was like, "Ah, screw you, hippie!" You know? <laughs> and she went up there anyway. So true, but but so Silence. He wants Aloy to come find him in the West, so he can share everything he learned. And I'm like, dude, if we know anything about Silence, he only wants people to be involved when it pushes his agenda forward. Mm-hmm. So obviously, he needs her for something. There, he wants her there for a reason. And, and she doesn't. Men- re-
1: does she mention that uh, at all? Mention what? That like, oh, he's only calling on me because he needs me for something.
0: No, she doesn't. No. She
1: doesn't put two and two together. Still,
0: I think she realizes it because she thinks about it. Because at the like right before she goes back down, she says she has no choice but to go. Yeah. So I think she does realize it. She just doesn't vocalize it. So. But uh, yeah, so Aloy, uh, she comes back down to the Spire and delivers the news to Varl and Marad. And she tells them that Haley's, Hades went west, so so does she. And Marad says that might not be so easy. What did you discover?
3: Hades. The danger didn't end here. It went into the Forbidden West. And I have to follow.
2: I see. That can be difficult. The West is called Forbidden for a reason. The tribe of ferocious warriors controls much of it, the Tanakh, and they allow no trespassers past its border. That said, under the Sun King of Ard, a fragile peace has been negotiated, and indeed the next embassy will take place in a day or two on the edge of the frontier. The way you to attend the gathering under his auspices, the Tanakh might grant right of passage, instead of hunting you
0: and attacking on sight.
3: Great, just what I need. More killers.
0: And so he tells Aloy that the Forbidden West is mostly controlled by the Tanakh. uh, And they do not like people in their territory. See, I think he called them ferocious warriors is the word he used. And uh, we met one Tanakh in Horizon Zero Dawn. And it was in the mission for Sunstone Rock. We only have this one point of reference about this tribe. And she was extreme. Mm-hmm. She was talking about stealing babies. She <laughs> was talking about Aloy drinking her blood. Yep. Uh, so that she can live on. Uh, it, which is funny because that, all that's actually explained later on. Did you get in a, in a data point? Did you get that data point?
1: Oh, maybe not.
0: Yeah, like there's, like, it, there's data points you can get and it explains what she's talking about. Uh, so everything we heard about the Tanakh is that they are very like vicious. Right. And, uh, you know, he tells Aloy, uh, there's an uneasy peace between Tanakh and the card right now. And if she goes to the embassy, uh, which is not like an embassy that we would think of like U S embassy, you know, Chinese embassy, (laughs) you know, it's like, it's like, it's a meeting, which I'm imagining that's what the actual definition is. Um, so I, I'm too lazy. To, I was too lazy to look it up. I thought to myself, I should look it up. I'm like, oh, I'll get around to it. Never, got never did, to it. never did. And here we are recording. <laughs> but um, you know, if she goes to the embassy, the Tanakh may allow her to pass through as opposed to attacking her on site. So, as they're talking, Avad arrives, and this feels so out of character, based on. Everything you know about him from the previous game. So now we have like a third character, it feels like, that they're changing their character (laughs) to a degree.
1: I just want to know, did he always hold his hands like that? Because I don't... No, he did not. (laughs) He just... He never put them below his waist. Like, they were always... The elbows were always bent. Yes. At all points. Like, even when he separated his hands from that awkward movement, he still, like, had, like, this, like, weird... I'm showing on camera right now, but, like... (laughs) It was this very weird, stiff motion.
0: Yeah. Like, it, it just felt... It was so weird. It was out of character. So, first of all, he arrives with, like, a convoy. And they're holding up umbrellas to shade him and a few others from the sun. And I was like, wait, I thought they loved the sun. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Isn't he supposed to be the sun? They call him like the illuminance or whatever. You know, like and, and that's what the, that's, that was the that was the Shadow Karj's main argument when the mad sun king Jaran died. It was like, "Oh, the sun the sun is set. Now we're in permanent, permanent darkness." <laughs> you know. <laughs> that was their main argument. Uh and so he like he's walking with his hands together like in front of him and he don't, like he walks like that when he's talking to Aloy alone so it's not just like a presentation thing it mm-hmm. is weird it feels weird because in Horizon Dawn it made it seem like he didn't really like the prestige that came with ruling right you know like it felt like he was more down to earth and this entrance does not fit that
1: and it's so weird because in the entire time in Zero Dawn, he didn't do that at all. And I feel like even when he is, like, talking to... Because there's there's a moment or two where he's talking to other people besides Aloy. I think he's, like, out somewhere, probably. Like, where did this come from?
0: Yeah, like, even though just the way he speaks sounds different, it sounds more proper. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, he did have, like, more of a proper speech than the other people. People in the game in Horizons Are Dawn, but like he still, it still felt like he kind of, like he came from a high class lifestyle, but he still kind of talks like a normal person to a degree. And yeah, this one is just way different. Like he doesn't seem like, it does not seem like he is a fighter at all. It doesn't seem like this is the guy who killed his own dad.
3: Right. Because he
0: was in, in the wrong. Like, this is, this is, is, this is the guy that raised an army with the, you know, with the help of the Asaram. Like, Who's following this guy in the battle? Uh, it doesn't feel like
1: it. Nobody. He's not going to battle, it seems like.
0: Yeah, it, it's very strange. Like, Just his mannerisms were, were very weird. So uh, he came to give a gift to Aloy for saving Meridian. He brought her a new spear, a golden spear, and a new headpiece. A golden headpiece. Uh, to show their eternal gratitude. And... Yeah, I mean, it's almost like Aloy doesn't know what to do with it when she's giving it to her. <laughs> you know, Bra has to tell her to put it on. You know, he calls it—I think she calls it—a tiara.
1: She <laughs> she know. did. No, the funny thing about when she puts it on, they're like, "Put it on." She like kind of holds it up to her head, and the camera pans out for like two seconds and pans back, and it's on. And I'm like,
0: "Yeah, I don't know." It, just, it looked like it's like just like a motion. Yeah, yeah, like, she's moving it toward her head.
1: Yeah, so that's the thing. She's moving it towards her head, and it's, like, getting there, and then it pans away for two seconds, and then it's, like, magically on. That's what I don't understand, like, how well,
0: do you want to see her take the band and take uh, it and, like, you want to see her so, do all yeah, that?
1: Yeah, like, how... That was really fast. Did Varl help her?
0: I mean, it shouldn't take too long for her to put it on her head. I mean, like, if you want to see the actual animation, you know, they do have a budget.
1: I just feel they, like they, if, they have budget it would, constraints. Even if they panned away, they should have panned away for longer. It, yeah, I don't know. Just glued it to her forehead.
0: The glare. I don't know. Like having uh, a vod there glaring at her like that. Like I can tell you exactly <laughs> how many seconds that is. That is odd. Let's see. Let's see how many seconds. <laughs> Yeah, he, gla- he. it's exactly two seconds. And him just looking at, at her, not blanking, <laughs> it is weird. Like, So you can't have that for too long.
1: That's true. But yeah, he's probably like, what the? Heck? How does she put <laughs> that on so fast? With one hand. That's the thing that gets me. Is she's holding the spear in the other hand, so she can't use two hands to put it on. How? Whatever. You know what? Yeah. It's video game magic.
0: It is video game magic. Yeah, <laughs> uh, so uh, Uthid and Vinasha are actually with Avad. And Ayla was actually, like when Avad was talking, Ayla was going to tell him that she needed to go right before she saw Uthin and Venasha. And then she stopped saying that she had to go. So it feels like she's more interested in seeing them than she was in seeing Avad, which was actually kind of funny. Uh, and, you know, Venasha, she makes a jab that You know, they need to get, get, you know, give these gifts to her quick because, you know, before she disappears and, you know, Uthid tells her to lay off. So they still have their back and forth going on. And I feel like this entire scene further proves that those side quests with Vanasha and Uthid should have been main quests. Yep. Four out of five people in this scene are from skippable side quests. Vanasha, Uthid, Edaman, and his mother, Queen Nasadi. All from uh, skippable side quests.
1: All from the same one too.
0: Yeah, actually, you know what? You would have seen Vinasha, Edelman and Nasadi, right? You would have seen them, but you right, would have known. You, wouldn't, you have... wouldn't have. Yeah, you wouldn't yeah. have like gotten them out. Uthid was the one that you would not have seen at all. Yeah. But like, yeah, those uh, those four people are involved in side quests, and it just make it just it kind of feels like those should have been main quests. Again, patch the game, Gorilla, patch it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, so Marat tells you to find him when you're ready to leave and you know now you get a chance to go and talk uh, to your friends and uh, explore the Alight which that's what that area is called where you did the final battle in Meridian yeah, where the Spire is and uh, there's a statue <laughs> in the middle where Aloy is. No, where Aloy, but there's a statue in the middle of the Alight of Aloy and it's pretty massive
1: i why- like why, like I get it, but also why
0: and it's a it's a sick- it's less than six months they got that statue up,
1: yeah, it was pretty fast they have and a whole city to rebuild
0: they have an entire city to rebuild, they're still rebuilding the alight, they're still rebuilding everything, and they decide the first thing they want to get done is that statue <laughs> they I'm pretty sure there are people who have no homes right now,
1: but right, statue happen.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like anybody who <laughs> lived in a Meridian village, like the Meridian village got destroyed. Meridian yeah. itself, like up top, we know where the nobles live is probably fine. Right. The Meridian Village, not so much. Uh and later on, a tells you that who the guy who made or the person, I don't know if it's a guy or not, the sculptor who made the statue wanted it to be twice as big and have gold and jewels encrested in it. So they wanted to make it even more like gaudy.
1: Yep. And he's like, but "But I don't think you would like that. Like, I don't think she would like it, period.
0: (laughs) Exactly. So, you know, she's clearly uncomfortable with it. And you know what also gets me later on, you find like a memorial uh, for the fallen. Shouldn't that maybe be in the middle? Right. (laughs) You know, there's like a more, it's like a small memorial for the fallen. (laughs) You could have made her a small statue, but they made this gigantic statue. Which is crazy, but uh, you can also find where you go. You can find like the 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 final Deathbringer you killed. I guess they moved it because I killed it in the center. (laughs) You know, (laughs) Uh, you find other machine carcasses, and it's funny because it's like I think the the big one is like a bellowback. But you would have never saw the bellowback unless you took a long time to kill the Deathbringer. It's almost like they punish you for taking too long because the longer you go, the harder the machines get.
1: I can't remember if I saw one.
0: I doubt it. Like, I don't even think you noticed that there was a timer going on, right?
1: I, I didn't. Like, no. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> you didn't even notice that, like, the spire was, like, opening. So, it, I don't think. To be fair, though, we were both way over leveled for that fight. Oh, yeah. By the time we got to it. Okay. So, like, we we just kind of strolled through it like it was nothing, you know? So, uh, you can speak to Edaman and Nasadi. And and he thanks you for saving him and his mom from Sunfall and also for saving Meridian. And then he asks Aloy if she can teach him how to hunt. And, you know, she tells him that she'll give him some uh, tips on when she gets back. So
1: she uh, was a lot more like she curtsies to him. And she like calls his mom like the, the Dowager Queen Nasadi. Like she's very polite. And I'm like, where is the switch coming from? <laughs>
0: Right, yeah, yeah. Like she was very polite to them. I mean, maybe because he's he's younger, and she's like,
1: yeah, yeah, I I get that. But like the whole curtsy, like it's like extra extra polite. Like the the she's acting how she should in front of royalty. Like how would you right. know that?
0: That is true. Because <laughs> she doesn't really give anybody else that level of respect. Like she wasn't respecting Aratok or Orea like that. Right. I mean, she just straight up went into a spy, like space like, hey, like I'm here for the I'm here for the AI. Right. You know what I'm saying? I'm here for the spirit. Like tell me what you know. <laughs> you know, so she definitely didn't, you know, respect it like anybody else's position.
1: Yeah. And and like I get that. it cuz it's a kid and like this queen, like, they didn't do anything wrong or anything. So, it just, it almost feels out of character. Like, how everything feels almost out of character in this scene. It almost feels like it's, like, on the borderline of out of character.
0: That is true. That is true. Uh, You can also speak with Vinasha and Uthid. And Aloy, thanks them both for coming. And Vinasha, she jabs her again about leaving, like, right after the battle. And, like, Aloy starts to explain. And Vinasha's like, I'm just playing. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Um... Once again, like I said, I like, I think giving her a, a little bit of a too easy pass. They're like, well, we fit, you know, if you left, it must be for something important, right? Like, you know, the, the main character excuse. But I think that's really going to come into play later, like probably in the next episode or so. Um, but uh, it turns out Uthid has become Avad's senior military advisor. and Vanasha still makes fun of him, calls him Mr. Shiny Pants, which... That can't like, you could miss that reference Mm -hmm. because that reference comes, I think they were, like, it's, like, right before you were preparing for the the final battle at Meridian, it's not even a conversation that you start, like, you just have to be around them, and it's a conversation that they'll eventually have.
1: Didn't you miss that one?
0: The Mr. Shiny Pants one?
1: No, no, didn't you miss the original one where she was making fun of how shiny his armor was? I feel like I explained that to you then.
0: How shiny his armor was. I might have. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Cause, cause you're right. It's, it's just like a random, like you have to be around them to hear it. Cause, and they have a lot of dialogue that's just yeah. standing around.
0: Yeah. Cause she has like the, the, like, the flirty ones with them. Like the one she's like, I like your spear. Like, yeah. I rip it. Like that <laughs> one, you know? Yeah. So they're probably the most talkative in that area, but you can miss it. Uh, Vinasha. Has Become a bodyguard for Nasadi and Edaman. She's also a nanny for Edaman. And she says that Nasadi has had people come after her because she was Jaron's wife. So, uh, yeah, that's what she does now. So she's bodyguarding Nanny. And Vinasha still flirts with Uthid, uh, you know, because he says, like, he tries to, like, you know, insult her. He says, like, uh, he says, the inside of your soft is a pillow, as a silk pillow. And she replies, you have no idea. And he gets, like, embarrassed. He's like, oh, no. (laughs)
1: their their whole thing well she also said that uh he was offered to uh to go to the sundom to help over there but he didn't want to go because he wanted rumor has it that he wanted to stay in meridian around venasha
0: yeah so they do explain what happened to the shot to like to the i guess the rest of the shadow carja uh because i think he says that um the Shadow Karja, so Avad offered am- amnesty to anyone who was forced to serve the Shadow Karja. So everybody that was on the Shadow side cleared the remaining Shadow Karja out of the Citadel and gave it back to Avad. And Avad wanted to make Uthid the garrison commander of the Citadel and he said no, and that's when Banasha says it's because he want to stay closer to her. And Uthid's like, oh no, ha 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 ha. Like, you know, he's like <laughs> it's, it's this little awkward <laughs> chuckle that he does. You know, so it's probably true. Uh, but I, do th- I feel like it's a little disappointing that at least here, it seems like the Vinasha won't be joining us in the Forbidden West at all. Like, Uth- he can stay? Like, he's a cool character, but he doesn't need to come. But Vinasha was, and it, it seemed like an interesting character to have.
1: Yeah, they definitely made it. Unless they do some kind of end of the game showdown like they did in, in the last game, I don't think she's coming. Like, they made it very obvious. Like, I am a nanny and a bodyguard and i have my bff over here that i can't leave so like i'm i'm here for the long haul
0: yeah i i am uh, i'm curious as to if there's a problem with uh Vinasha's voice actress and face actress i wonder if they changed her voice actress because um so first of all her face does look different like her fa- like so no sorry sorry they tried to keep her face looking sort of the same but her face is not like her face in horizon zero dawn looked way closer to her voice actress than it does in forbidden west right and when i'm I'm looking at her voice actress uh i'm I'm trying to find her imdb real quick i know i have it laura rossi yeah it's like laura rossi that was who Vinasha was in horizon zero dawn and it was her face and voice actress. Oh, wait, I was gonna say, I don't know if she I didn't see any credits for her for Forbidden West, but no, she is definitely is the same exact voice. Like yeah. she she did voice Vinasha in Forbidden West. So now I'm like, well, why did they change her face like that? Because they made like the like her around her eyes darker. They made her lips darker. I don't know if they made her skin overall darker. I thought she I think she's the same complexion to a degree.
1: Oh, I was gonna say more time in the sun. I don't know.
0: But, like, yeah, they definitely, like, she She looked closer to her actual voice slash face actress in Zero Dawn than she does in Forbidden West.
1: I did notice she looked a little different, but I didn't think it was a new game, you know? And they did change right. the faces of some people just to make it look a little bit more like their voice right, actors, yeah. but...
0: Yeah, I, mean, I know in some cases, like, if your voice actor does is not your face actor... Right, Uh the more detailed the game or the graphics of a game, the more you might have to change a face to fit the voice actors' like mouth movements. Mm-hmm. Perfect example is Spider Man uh, when they had to change Peter Parker. They changed Peter Parker's face because in 4K, the old Peter Parker face it didn't match up enough with the voice actor's mouth movements. Right, so there's a there's a there's a uh, um a popular character who they completely changed her face uh, later in the game. Their face oh, is yeah, definitely yeah, yeah. Is completely different. Uh, so, but yeah, that, that did surprise me. I, I wonder why they did that because I mean, I wouldn't call it an, an improvement. I mean, maybe if I did not, if I did, didn't know what the actual voice actress looked like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> if I didn't know what she actually looked like because she's, I've actually seen her in movies before. Uh, not well, that movie, sorry, like a, I think like a TV show or something like that, like a, like a sci fi show. I've seen her like in, in a sci fi show before. Uh, so like if I didn't know what she looked like, it might be different, but now like vanasha here does not look like her. Maybe they're just trying to free it up so that in case they can't get her for the next game or whatever they're gonna do, mm-hmm. uh, that they don't have to dump around, right? Uh, even though putting somebody's face in the game does not guarantee that you're gonna have to use their voice because uh the guy who played commander who, who played Locke in halo and mm-hmm. halo 5 that's the face of luke cage i can't remember that guy's name oh okay. that is not that is not his voice and the reason they did that is because in the halo tv series like that little eight episode mini series they did right before halo 5 came out he was Locke in the in that little series and then I guess when the, like when they were going to do the game, he didn't have time to do it, probably because he was like shooting Luke, Luke Cage, Cage at the time. Yeah. And yeah, they had to use a different voice. So he's probably gonna have a completely different face when they bring him back. But this is not a Halo podcast, not gonna get into it. <laughs> <laughs> uh so you do finally go to speak to Avad. I mean, you could have talked to Avad first if you want to, but we're just gonna cover this last because this is one of the longer ones. <laughs> um but uh you know, he does say the thing about the sculptor that I mentioned earlier. And when Aloy tells him that she has to go west, he basically repeats what Murad says about there being an embassy in a day or two. And uh, he tell, he does give you a bit more detail about the Tanakh, though. He tells Aloy that, you know, they were different from other tribes. You know, they resisted the most, essentially, because they were able to push the Karja out of their lands. Like the Nora, the Asaram, the Banuk were only able to keep the Karja at bay in certain regions. Like, the Banuk gave up the cut because they wanted to keep them out of uh, the... Well, no, sorry, they didn't give up... Is it the cut? Yeah, they gave up the cut because they wanted to keep them out of ban The cut was the battlefield. And I don't think they ever reclaimed it after the fact. The... Nora gave up Valley Meat, mm-hmm. Never reclaimed it. And the Osram, I don't think they really talked about what they gave up. Uh, maybe that little valley that you find Arval in, maybe that used to be theirs, but then they kind of gave it up so that they can have some space between them and the Karja. Uh, but the 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 Tanakh actually pushed the Karja out of territory. Not only did they push the Karja out of their territory, out of uh, Tanakh territory, they pushed the Karja out of Utoro territory. They pushed the Karja out of, like, nobody's territory. There's a space called No Man's Land that they pushed them out of, and they took over their fortress. (laughs) So they really got them out of there. They really pushed them out of that. So I think it's just kind of trying to set the stage for the type of people that you're going to be dealing with. For them to be able to do that to the Karja, they got to be pretty badass to do that, right? Because nobody Mm -hmm. else was really able to do it. And honestly, they're not using... I would say they weren't really using anything that the Nora did not have access to. That, if I'm thinking about it,
1: yeah, I feel like they're maybe they have numbers and a little bit more. I mean, with the the Nora they have like a war chief and, and they have you know they can fight and stuff, but I, I don't think that that's like their primary function as a tribe.
0: That is true. That is true. The Tanakh the fighters. Yeah. Which, yeah. Okay, so that's true. So, uh, Avad, he was able to ease tensions. Like Obviously, after the Red Raids and stuff like that, he was able to ease tensions uh, with the Tanakh by giving gifts. You know, he gave spices, metals. Re- you know, returning relics that were stolen during the Red Raids. It probably also helped that they found out he killed his dad.
1: <laughs> he, also you know? helps, yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's like, yeah, I'm the guy that killed my dad who was raiding your, your, your villages. So, uh, and the upcoming embassy is very important. And he's you know he says it seems a signal that the Tanakh are, they want lasting peace because they keep doing these embassies. And at this embassy, they'll be trading for a soldier that the Tanakh captured named Fasaj. Oh sorry, uh Fashav. Yeah, Fashav. Sorry. I have it written down here. I don't know why I said it like that. And <laughs> it turns out he's actually Avad's cousin. Uh he was, he's been a captive for five years, and Avad doesn't even really know how he survived because the Tanakh are renowned for their brutality, so he's not he's not sure. Uh, but Aloy, she, you know, always being Aloy, at least when she's talking to Avad, uh, she points out that, you know, Fashav was essentially a raider. And Avad's like, well, no, he joined the Western the western expeditions to help tone down the violence and help rein stuff in. And I'm like, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, because a lot of toning down was happening. <laughs> um, so he was captured at Cinnabar Sands, which should ring a bell because that has something to do with Nil. They just never really get into it, though.
1: I think this is, I feel like this might be the fight. I think this might be the fight that No was, where they're like, oh, nobody survived.
0: Right, yeah. So uh, you do find that Cinnabar Sands was like a forward base of the Karja, which is actually, well, I, oh, it's not deep into Tanakh territory. You no, know, I know now it's kind of like south of Utara territory. Mm-hmm. So, but it's 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 in there. It's past the Daunt, I'll tell you that much, which we'll we'll talk about the Daunt here in a second. Well, not in a second. We'll talk about the Daunt a little bit. Um But yeah, so you do find out what Cinnabar Sands was. Uh, but they still don't really talk too much about it. We still don't know anything about Nil. I think it would have been cool. I don't I didn't find anything in Cinnabar Sands when you finally do visit it that says anything about Nil. That would've been nice to include that. Mm-hmm. You know, whether you killed Nil or not in the previous game. So now, the conversation gets odd when Aloy starts to bring up Edamon.
3: Edamon looks happy.
2: You got him out of Sunfall. Any happiness he has, he owes to you. He's turning into a fine young man, which he'll need to be if he's to inherit the crown.
3: Wouldn't the crown go to a son of yours first?
2: Yes, well, I'd have to get married for that to happen. Murad keeps throwing noble matches at me, but I find I'm always... ...trying to make them into someone they're not. At any rate, I never aspired to the throne, and I don't wish to sit there forever. When Edaman comes of age, I hope to step aside, free of the crown. I might finally be able to travel the world. Who knows? Perhaps even accompany you on one of your adventures.
3: You make it sound easy. I, uh, I need to get going.
2: Uh, one moment, Aloy. There's something I must ask you. Since you left... I've thought of little else.
3: This isn't really the time.
2: But it has to be. The way you left before, there's no way to know when I'll see you again. I'm not trying to stop you, or hold you back. But I need to know, when your mission is over, will you return to Meridian? And stay? Long enough for us to spend time to get to know each other properly, perhaps?
3: Avad, the the situation calls for a... A higher perspective. The threat I'm facing endangers not just Meridian, but a lot of other places too. A lot of innocent people. What happens between us, it's not important. At least, not yet.
2: You're right. I'm acting like a fool. It's supposed to be the king who calls for a higher perspective. Please accept my apology. And my wishes for your success. Goodbye, Eloy. As always, our hopes ride with you.
0: You know, she knows that Edom looks happy and Avad's like, oh yeah, he's going to a fine young man and he's like, he's going to have to be if he's going to inherit the crown. And so this naturally leads Aloy to ask Avad about having an heir. And this just kind of lets him open up (laughs) about how he hasn't found a wife. And, you know, all the matches that Marad sent him don't work out because he's been trying to make them somebody that they aren't. And I'm like, this is the same exact problem we dealt with in Horizon Zero Dawn with Ursa and Aloy.
1: Right. I was like, oh, because he, he always falls for the same type of girl. Just like some kind of like warrior. Some kind of fighter.
0: I mean, at, at this point, please keep in mind that Ursa has only been dead for six months. Like he was yep. supposed to take time to figure things out. And it's only been six months. I mean, uh, it's been six months.
1: At and least she's you, buried she- this time.
0: Yeah, at least she's buried this time. (laughs) And he's had a lot to do in six months. He's got to rebuild his, you know, his city, so. Yep. And the thing is, like, Aloy just looks embarrassed to be hearing about it, like, because she doesn't really say anything about it. She just, like, blinks and looks away. And, like, her face is just painful to watch, especially in 4K. Like, (laughs) her face is just, like, painful to watch while this is happening. If there's one thing, if there's one advantage to having like a PS5 and you know being able to play at 4K. It is the facial expression in this in this game. I will tell you that much because they did a lot of great work with facial expression.
1: They, I feel like even on PS4, it's still pretty good. It gets the point across pretty well. A lot better than the first one. The first one, especially in the Frozen Wilds, they tried. They really tried to to um push. The face stuff but yeah this one they did the, even again on PS4 so much better.
0: Well even on in the Frozen Wilds they did a much better job of facial expressions than they did in yeah. the main game. Yeah, uh, I, I will admit that so uh and so you know Yvonne says that when he is of age he he plans to give up the crown and he hopes to travel the world kind of hints like he wants to do it with Aloy and then the most awkward part begins when Aloy tries to leave <laughs> and Avad wants to know if she will be willing to come back to Meridian after her mission is over and stay, so that they can get to know each other. And now you have our first flashpoint of the game. Now that I'm thinking about it, I only remember there being two flashpoints, so, like in the I'm, and I'm 50 hours into this game, and I only remember two flashpoints so far. So maybe they abandoned this early in the game too.
1: I think I've seen three or four.
0: Really, I'm trying to think. Like, actually, no, there was at least. There is at least three. You're correct. I just Mm -hmm. can't remember what the flashpoint was for. So you can say now is not the time, which is the intelligent answer. This is what I went with for now, because I still remember the old Avad. I remember the old Avad. If I just met Avad in this game, I would have went with the aggressive option. But I went with the intelligent (laughs) option here. I remember the old Avad. And she basically says that, you know, the situation calls for higher perspective. It's not just Meridian in Danger. And, you know, basically tells him whatever that is going on between them, they need to put it on the back burner. And it makes it seem like she might consider it, but doesn't want to think about it, you know. And Avada agrees, and he's like, oh, you know, he says he's acting like a fool, and he apologizes, right? Then you have the aggressive option. Which option did you actually pick?
1: I I picked the compassionate one because I was hoping she wouldn't be overly nice about it, and she was.
0: Right, so let's do that one then. Let's talk about the compassion option. What does she say?
1: So she, she uh she says that she does hope to see Meridian and Avad again, but this is her mission. It's her life. It's all she can think about. So she has to stay focused. And she says whatever happens after, like, I don't know. And he's like, well, if you ever end up, you know, needing a place, Meridian will have a spot for you. And I hope that you have success. And I hope for your return. That's like the whole thing.
0: Right. Yeah because she does say something that, like, she says, like, she hopes to see Meridian again, but then says, and you. So, mm-hmm. yeah.
1: it
3: seems
0: like she's, like, in it. Like, she's, like, she's, like with it, you know. Like, uh, yeah, I'm okay with you being a romantic interest. Even though there is no way, I- I'm pretty sure the resolution in Horizons that Are Dawn with their romantic interest problem is that she's always, like, she ends it with, as long as you don't confuse me with Ursa again, you know. Right. So it kind of seemed like she was putting the kibosh on it, right? Like he was like, Yeah, I was stupid for even suggesting it. Sorry about that. I mean, th- we talked about it, but there is one option when you're going through the the flashpoints there where Abbas just like, Oh no, I, I did I wasn't saying that I wanted to get with you. Forget about it. I was just being nice. Like but there's now-
1: one
0: <laughs> Oh now he's he is one hundred percent, you know, he's taking the dive. So now there's the the aggressive option, which is she says, Are you you kidding me? And she gets angry. And she asks if he's been listening to anything she said, and she says she doesn't have time to think about holding hands or whatever. And asks, and then you know she he's like, "Oh, please forgive." She he asks that she forgive him, and asks that you know he forget about her foolishness. And he has like the dumbest look on his face when that happens. It, it's it, it's yeah, it's super. Angry. And she walks away angry from him, like she doesn't like lighten up after the fact or anything like that. You know, and that could be the last time. you you guys talk you know
1: see i couldn't be mean to him because even though he's very awkward in this situation it's still a vod like i still kind of feel bad he's got a lot on his plate i just wasn't was hoping that she wouldn't follow up with yeah i would like to see you again but she did
0: yeah (laughs) yeah yeah so yeah, that's, that is how that goes. Like, I chose the intelligent, you chose the compassion. I have no idea because we haven't put, finished the game yet. Right. Mm-hmm. So, at, at, as of recording this,
1: I will say the other, like, I, I remember what the other two that I'm thinking of. I did not pick compassion. So, oh, okay. it's going to be different. I definitely picked some aggressive ones in there.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. I definitely, I think I started going more aggressive. And less and less intelligence. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. All right. All right. So, uh, you know, before Aloy heads, heads out, she needs to collect uh, or connect the master override to a new spear. Uh, this is basically a workbench tutorial. I think it's the first time you see the workbench in mm-hmm. the game.
1: N- no, the first time you see it is when you have to build
0: the pole the caster. caster. You're right. Yeah. You're right. I forgot about the pole caster because you just, just don't use it that much later <laughs> in the game. Like you just, you, you really just don't. Uh, so, uh, unless you're trying to pull, a uh, um uh, like a case out of like a tight spot, you can, you can use the pull caster to pull, uh, boxes and stuff. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so she does add, she does put the master override on her new spear and it adds something called a resonator blast skill, which I mean, it's helpful if you use it properly. It is harder to use in the harder difficulties because it takes longer for it to build up. But you can you can buff it with your, like, using the skill tree. You can definitely mm-hmm. do that. So, uh, but, yeah, it, that, this is how you get the Resonator Blast. And uh, when Aloy is ready, she talks to Marad, and she asks where the embassy is going to be held. And he tells her, well, it's past the Daunt. And the Daunt is the western border of the Sundom. And the embassy will be held outside of Baron Light, which is a card of fortress. That's what the Tanakh took from them. And, you know, Marad's like, oh, it's a ways away. And Barl's like, oh, a few days hard riding will get us there. And at that moment, Aloy suggests that they rest in Meridian for the night. And it looks like Marad has them rest in Olin's house again.
1: I was going to ask that. <laughs> Do you think it looks like Olin's apartment? It was his apartment, yeah. actually.
0: Oh, yeah, his, his apartment. Olin's yeah. apartment. Yeah. So uh his lease must be up. so uh yeah they had they had him in olin's apartment and this was just a ploy for aloy to ditch varl which i'm like this this was like kind of like in the beginning i felt like this was annoying her constantly trying to go alone and not get any help and you know stuff like that you know so because as soon as he falls asleep she sneaks out
1: first off how do you fall asleep that fast and that heavy like if I fall asleep, like if I'm at that point where I start passing out, and someone walks out the door, I'm gonna hear them. Second, didn't they say the embassy was gonna be in a couple of days?
0: Yeah, I said like or in a, day a few or days. Yeah,
1: it, won't he just catch up? Like that? Like at this? I'm like, why is she leaving it? Like she still has to wait a few days for this to happen. Like, isn't he just gonna? This is pointless because then he's gonna what? end up catching up and be mad.
0: Well, it's gonna take a few days just for her to get to the don't.
1: Oh, that's true. You know,
0: because of, not of uh, sorry, Murad said that it takes a fortnight to walk. And you know, that's when I, 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 let me just look it up now what a fortnight is. And I, I Isn't really hope. is two weeks?
1: A week or two? Uh. <laughs> You're just gonna get fortnight?
0: Yeah, so I'm trying to, yeah, what is a fortnight? I've How t- long
1: t- is a fortnight?
0: <laughs> yeah, there you go.
1: One round of fortnight left. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, a Fortnite season because that's what came up in the auto complete. How long is how long is a Fortnite season? Fourteen days.
1: Oh, so it is two fort- weeks. Oh, I was right.
0: <gasps> yeah, Boom. Fortnite is fourteen days. Like I, I, I thought it was something around there. I was like, is it ten days? That's not a full week, you idiot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know. Uh, so yeah, um, yeah. So uh, a Fortnite, as they said, it'll take a Fortnite so two weeks to get there if you're walking. But they said hard riding. I will get them there in a few days. So it's going to take a few days just to get there. So technically speaking, when you get to the dawn, no matter how long you stay there, it takes a day. Like it's, You're doing it the same day that you get there, essentially. Right. right? So, yeah, but you're right. Like, I mean, Var will be right behind her. He's going to wake up, see she's gone. He's going to be be. oh, man, I guess I'm going to go back to the sacred land. Like, no, no. Like, that's not what he's going to do. You know, because he's going to follow her.
1: Even wherever, whatever she gets to, she's going to have to end up ta- like it took him so long to find her because she's always on a mount. He knows now how to ride these, so he. Yes, just-
0: exactly. Yeah, it's crazy that he caught up with her. Like you know, going to the uh, the far end of the facility. Because yeah. you're right. She's always on a mount, and he walked the whole way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. So, but this is when the game actually truly begins because it it rolls the opening credits as Aloy rides through familiar areas in the Sundom. Now let's trash this real quick.
1: Okay, cuz this is where I was talking about because remember on the yeah. last episode where I was like, "Oh, I'll explain to you exactly."
0: I didn't notice when I watched it the first time. When I watched it the second time, I was like, "Oh, no. That is not how that goes." Okay, go cool. Ahead.
1: Because I I made this map for you and I'm going to I waited until this very moment <laughs> to, to drop it.
0: <laughs> Yo, I did the almost the same it's almost the same exact thing you missed the, stop.
1: What, you miss the miss? stop. what did I miss?
0: What did I miss? Okay. Like, we'll, Wait, we'll let's go explain it. this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So. <laughs> All right. All right. Actually, did you catch? Oh, yeah. That's right. This, the sunsteps tall neck. Okay. So she did make a map. The, huh, go ahead. I'm the sorry. Ta-
1: okay. So the tall neck threw me off because there's no actual tall neck that has an area that looks exactly like that because the, the sunstep tall neck. The outside looks like that, but the inner doesn't have a mountain in the middle.
0: Right, that's true.
1: But this is the only one I could figure that it was.
0: That is true. No, you, you I think you'd be correct there. So, Christina did better than I did. I just made notes uh, on it. <laughs> I did both. She actually drew a map of how this how this journey would go if you do it in order, right? If you do it in order, you know what she so, did. Yeah. Okay, so let's say she did that. Now. The smart thing to do would have been to go from Meridian and either straight north and then west, mm-hmm. okay? Or she could have gone to Bright Market, crossed the Day Brink, yep. landed at like Blazing Arch, and then just went straight west. That would have been the actual, ab, absolute fastest way for her to we do it.
1: We already this. know she can swim across that lake.
0: Yes, exactly. <laughs> we know she can swim across <laughs> that lake for sure. But instead... She goes, so I actually said that she went far north first, but I didn't even think about the Sunsteps tall neck when I saw that tall neck. So it, we're gonna use yours.
1: Okay, so it Go wasn't ahead. just the Sunset Sunsteps tall neck, she then rode by the double um Thunderjaws.
0: Oh, I didn't notice. I only saw yeah. the one thunder jaw. I didn't notice that she rode past the double thunder jaws. Hold on a second. I may mean, have the video up right here. Yeah, Let me pull just... it
1: up. So right after the tall neck, you see the double thunder jaws. And we know that the thunder jaws are there because of, first off, the side quest with Kinder that ended up being there. But also, like, I Googled it. <laughs> like, where were they? So she that... does Go into a big circle order.
0: Oh, my God. Yes, you're <laughs> right. I think I was <laughs> writing notes. I was writing notes as she did that. You are 100% right. She does go past the the, the, the double,
3: the double. Uh, Thunder
0: Jaws. Yep. So, yeah. So, my notes are wrong. So, she actually goes northeast. Like, like northeast almost to the end of the Sundom territory. Mm-hmm east though because she hits glare break then she goes northwest uh and then west past cauldron zeta i do have that that she went past the cauldron that had the thunder jaw
1: i was confused though because the front of the cauldron could have been zeta or sigma because it kind of because those two are kind of similar in the front i think But Uh,
0: I don't know. Like, hold on a second. Let me take a look.
1: Zeta, you have to go really deep to get into there.
0: I thought uh, wasn't Zeta the one where you actually had to go up and Mm -hmm. like where you had. Yeah. Where the stalkers were outside. Yeah. So, yeah. But so, yeah. So she goes past Cauldron Zeta. I mean, if she went past another Cauldron, like that's crazy. This
1: is the only one one that makes sense because they at least had her like this was shot for shot. Like at least she went in a circle.
0: Right. So then she goes further northwest and goes past Maker's End when that, because that's, that was it. That was like, no, like, you got to be kidding
1: me. When I saw so, she went into the snow, I was like, there's no way.
0: So you have her going past Maker's End and then back southwest towards Sunfall. Uh huh. She actually goes, she passes Dimmed Bones. Which is where you find Ursa, where, where Ursa was captured.
1: Okay, so I saw that, like the area where it had like all of those
0: the satellites,
1: satellites, and I I remembered where it was, but I didn't remember where it was at the same time, so I kind of just yeah. left that out.
0: So she rides past Dembones, so that instead of going southwest, she acts from makers and she goes southeast to uh, to to ride past Dembones. then. She rides like further west, so she goes northwest up to Sunfall and the Sunring, and actually, she I think she goes even further up north because the way she's riding, she's Mm -hmm. riding past them, and then she comes down and rides past Blazing Arch and Kestrel's Perch, yeah, and that's when she makes it past like Valley of the Omens, yeah, into uh, the Forbidden West. So it makes. No sense for her to be riding like this.
1: I mean, maybe she does want Varl to catch up to her because <laughs> he's awake by now.
0: He's awake by now. Varl's already swam across the daybreak. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, yeah, that is crazy because she also passes that past that rust wash tall neck. She does. She does. Tall neck. And
1: I looked at the rust wash tall neck and I was like, there's no way that this is the first one. And then as she's coming back from Sunfall, you get like a slight shot of that, sun, that tall neck. And I'm like, okay, this is definitely.
0: Yeah, it makes no sense. I might make this the image for this episode <laughs> because it makes zero sense. Actually, you know, when I publish this episode, I will put a tweet out with this map.
1: You're welcome. <laughs>
0: yeah, I thank you. everybody. <laughs> think. Christina for that, because, yeah, I just took notes of it. But she is all over the place with this, with this, with this, uh, you know, clip with this shot that they're doing here. You know, Uh, I don't know what's worse, this or what they did with Ross, because Ross was everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Ross was everywhere. And they just kind of wanted it. I guess they just really wanted us to see some of these old locations as she was leaving
1: um uh, dude so. you could see the confusion i didn't vocalize it much on stream but you could see the confusion as she's going through every single spot i see the double thunder and i'm like that's a little far out of the way and then she goes by maker's end i'm like is that maker's end <laughs>
0: like- <laughs> they could have ma- i mean if this is the case why don't we hit all the hot spots why don't we go south past sunstone rock why don't right. we like go past that that uh storm bird you know, in the in the jungle, you know what I'm saying. Like, just hit all the hot spots. I mean, if they point. wanted
1: a cinematic trailer, I definitely think going to Bright Market or going at least kind of through the Jewel to then go across the water on a boat that would be kind of cinematic. That
0: would been cinematic. I mean, yeah. go to the cut. Why not? And show, yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> go, 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 go ride past the lines Show us. Uh, well, actually, they they already kind of. I'm pretty sure they already showed us uh, Devil's Thirst. So, yeah. But yeah, so that 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 was funny. Like when you get past uh, Kestrel's person Blazing Arch, I think that's me kind of seeing areas you really haven't seen before. Yeah. They could have did whatever they wanted. Then they had her uh, in the forest. They had her in snow. You know. So, but uh, it seems like they dropped the original theme for a new for a new theme song. This one with the, with a the person singing. So I've heard it twice so far. At least you hear it at least twice in the game.
1: Oh, I don't know. I heard it like ten times trying to review this video of all the spots <laughs> she went to.
0: I'm talking about yeah, yeah not on you like <laughs> an actual thing. So, um, the area she goes through kind of looks like Valley Meat, but I'm just I can't confirm it. So I'm gonna say it's not Valley Meat. I'm just it, it kind of looks like Valley Meat. Though it had Thunderjaw, it had trees, but it also had snow. So, but eventually she does make it to the elevator that will take her down to the Daunt. And that is where we're going to end this episode. In the next episode, we're going to actually officially enter the daunt. We're going to meet some new characters and find some old friends. And this whole thing we've been through so far, reach, the star, reach for the stars, and the point of the spear was the point of the lance.
1: Lance, I think, is what you point said? point of the
0: lance. Yeah. yeah, the point of the lance. Uh, this has really been the bobblehead Aloy. Like, this has been your on-rails portion of the game, you know? The next portion of the game is essentially the sacred lands. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: What the sacred lands were? Sorry, not the sacred lands. What the embrace Embrace, was to us? Yeah, I'll say is like the next part of the game is what the embrace was to us. And I think when we're done with it, we need to have a conversation about pacing in the game. (laughs) Yeah, I think we need to have a conversation about pacing in the game (laughs) because uh, you know, not to get too far ahead of us, but the game, like you know, the game opens up a little bit in the daunt. But then it really opens up when you get outside the daunt, you know. That's when I really started having fun with the game. That's when I really started having fun with it. So, yeah. But uh, yeah, Christina, like, uh, what what are your thoughts right now?
1: At this point, I will say I was like excited to continue, but like I don't. It, it took a very long time to get to this point, and I was very upset that it feels like they threw these characters that we really loved in for just like a cheap moment.
0: I think they did it like that because they, they knew people wanted to see these characters. Yeah. They knew people wanted to see these characters. And I think that's why they did it. Like, because I I think they were, they probably thought like, well, people don't see these characters. They knew they were popular characters. I don't think they meant for them to be as popular as they were because you don't interact with these characters for very long. You Mm -hmm. don't. I don't think they really thought these characters were going to be as popular as they were. And they were probably just like, look, the people are going to want to see these characters, so let's just put them in here. Because they're, they're not really fitting into the story. At least not so far. Like I, said, I have, I still have some story missions to go. I haven't completed all the side missions. You know, so we'll see.
1: Also, where the heck does Vinasha come from? She's not even like, oh, you're going back to my homeland or nothing. Like, we still have no idea who, <laughs> where she came from.
0: That is true because she's not a Karja. Like, yeah, I don't think they really explain where she, who she is because she wears Karja clothes now. Now she's, She wasn't a Karja. She was a, like she was in the slave pits, right? Yeah. So I think like, yeah, she like she was um, I think that's how she came, like, well, yeah, I think that's how she kind of came to be with the Shadow Karja. So but yeah, so that's gonna wrap us up here. I do not have the new post show notes up. Oh, I don't have to because I have the actual original file sitting here. Awesome. All right. So I'd like to thank everybody for listening. Uh, if you want to keep up with what's going on with this show and the Match Buzz Network, you can follow us on Twitter.com slash the Match Network. Uh, Christina, where can they find you?
1: You can find me at S'mores Pop-Tart on Twitter and Twitch. I'm also the host of another podcast on the network called Wondrous Tales, where we talk about Final Fantasy 14 content.
0: All right, and you can find me on Twitter at Josh Stradamus. You can also find me streaming on Twitch sometimes at twitch.tv slash match those buttons. Uh, we'd love to have you join our Discord, like I mentioned earlier. That's at mashgg slash Discord. And uh, we encourage you guys to contact us with comments and questions. So, you know, please feel free to, feel free to reach out on Discord or on Twitter. Or you can send us an email at contact mash.gg. If you want to help us out, one of the best ways to do that is to share the show with others and to rate and review the show on your podcast platform of choice. And you can also take your support a bit further by going to mtb.gg slash support. And you can see all the different ways you can support Matchless Buttons. Uh, we do have a Patreon. We just refreshed our tiers as of, re- as of recording this. Uh, and you can, uh, there's no tier dedicated to this show or into, uh, to any of our limited series. But you can, you know, support uh, one of the general tiers at $2 a month. Or if you do have another favorite show on the network, you can actually uh, support that show on their tier at 125 per episode and whatever that is going to be per month so like usually like either 250 or five bucks right uh but you know all that support is appreciated we do have a teespring store Tspring.com slash store slash smash those buttons uh we do have twitch subscriptions available if you prefer to subscribe on twitch we have humble bundle affiliate links and when you buy games from the humble bundle store uh, you actually get download codes for steam or epic games you play more so it's not like you have to you know download the game like we used to do in the early 00s <laughs> so but uh, yeah and there's also one time paypal donation links and I encourage everyone to stay tuned after the show to hear more about mash those buttons and with that we are done with this episode we will see you in the don't see ya